everyone, and welcome to the Brave webinar series. I'm Cynthia, and I'm happy that today we get to talk a little bit beyond just business strategies. And I want to talk about the five thinking patterns to maintain your mental health, or rather your mental strength through tough times. And the reason I think this is important is because we have talked a lot about business strategies in the past. And sometimes as entrepreneurs, we connect so personally with our business, especially if you're self-employed and you're, you're marketing yourself. It's very difficult sometimes to detach from, from our business. So I want to make sure that we have some time to discuss about that. A lot of what we're going to discuss today is really inviting you to step out of fear and into your brave zone, because I think a lot of the limiting beliefs and the worries that we have that's creating stress into our mental health is really caused by uh, fear. And uh, the more we can realize that we're operating from fear, the greater freedom we have to start choosing to operate from our brave zone. And that's the reason I also choose the name Brave Zone for my company, because it's not about um, it's not about me. It's not about, um, you know, a certain person who is behind this company. It's, it's always about our own journey and all the fears that we have going through self-employment, entrepreneurship, or even if you are a, a, an employee or a professional, all of us have fear that hold us back. And, but deep inside, we have to realize that there is a, uh, there's that courage and there's that brave in us that is yearning to get out and yearning to actualize itself. And that's where uh, eventually you'll see a lot of the brave webinars are more towards that issue, the mental game of business. So I'm really excited uh, to, to have you here. Thank you for your uh, personal uh, commitment to personal growth. And I welcome you to enter your brave zone. This is kind of the fun thing. A little bit about me. Some of you have uh, been to what, some of my webinars. Some of you, this is our first time meeting. Um, I'm a despite person. I have 22 years of proven business achievement in Fortune 500 companies as well as my, uh, my own businesses. But what's more importantly is over the years, I, I learned that I've become... I've become more of a despite person rather than a because person. You know, sometimes when you uh, are faced with challenges in life, you can choose to be a despite or because person. I cannot do this because of ABC, reasons, 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 or I do this anyway despite of ABC. And I've chosen over the years to be a despite person. Um, Simply, sometimes it's not because of choice, it's because of force. You know, sometimes life is funny that way, isn't it? They, they, it, it pushes you to a certain limit where, where you, you're forced to become something greater, something, um, something bigger than what you thought you could be. Uh, right now, what I do is I guide self-employed professionals to improve their personal clarity, to understand basically your strengths, some of the beliefs that, that, unlock uh, that can unlock your strengths and create an overall confidence to do what you want to do some of you are in this business because you want to express something of yourself to actualize yourself well i'll help you do that personal uh personal limits whether it's a behavior trait a, an emotion uh, a belief system a value system an identity that block you that's what i'm pretty good at at um digging up and to sharpen your business strategy. So I combine psychology and business acumen simply because um, graduate from a psychology degree from UCLA, a master NLP um, practitioner, 
it, it's all that kind of stuff that helps me to understand what's behind your decisions, your behaviors, your thoughts. However, I've also come from the business turnaround background, business coaching background, built award-winning businesses. So it's, it's, um, it's nice to be able to combine that. So I don't just have a, one tool that I force upon my clients. I see um, your troubles and your challenges and your goals from many different angles. I work quickly, comprehensively uh, to accelerate your growth. Uh, typically, I work on a project base. I don't really have more than six sessions for depending on what your outcome is. Uh, I am the type of coach that gets rapid transformation. I don't, I'm probably not the best coach if you're looking for someone to keep you accountable week in, week out on your 90-day plan. That's not me. Uh, I do have a lot of friends that are very good at doing that. I'm happy to refer you to them. But for me, I work on a very specific outcome that we discuss together. And within three to six sessions, we pretty much get it done. I work quickly. Uh, and some of my clients have said that working with me is a lot faster than working with most coaches. I don't like getting dragging things out. And you'll see that a lot of my packages are a certain amount of price, certain amount of outcome until it's done. So if we do go over time or, or need extra sessions, I don't like to charge people for that. I think we both need to have a personal accountability that um, your outcome gets done. Okay, no matter how long it takes. And I'm a pretty good estimate anyway about how long it will take. So that's on my part. Owner of two coaching companies in Jakarta. Yeah, I'm blessed. I'm blessed my team can take care of my business over there. Um, I like to actualize myself in different ways. And this is why I've recently moved to the UK almost a year ago now um, to try to do a different kind of business, a different feel of business. I want to contribute more to society. Where I come from is Indonesia. And uh, in Indonesia, it's kind of interesting. I'm blessed with the, uh, I'm blessed with chaos, actually. Our government don't really um, know yet how to take care of its people, 250 million of us, in a, in a way that your government, perhaps in the UK, have done, you know, giving people incentives for, for staying at home and paying people despite the fact they can't get to work. I mean, it's just amazing to see what, what goes on around here and, and healthcare is free and things are, uh, the urban planning is great. In Jakarta, uh, where I come from, born um, there, spent about half of my life there. Um, the other half I spent in various countries working and living there. But when I came back in 96 in Jakarta, um, my, my first years of working was actually quite challenging because we had a coup of, of our president and that, uh, in, that brought upon... Uh, the May riots in 98 and being um, an Indonesian of Chinese background wasn't really uh, safe at that point because there was a lot of discrimination uh, against us and a lot of crime committed to especially women of Chinese background, also men. Um, a lot of things got burned, shops, homes, things like that. A lot of people evacuated. But um, I lived through the whole era of driving through demonstrators, trying to get home before it's dark, um, staying at home and not knowing what tomorrow will bring, not really having any gadgets or digital phone at the time because that was the time of cagers and fax machines, if you all remember that. If you do, I know how old you are. So um, that, was, that was my first lesson of uncertainty. Then, even though it didn't happen in Jakarta, um, 
a lot of our business in Asia was affected by what our U.S. headquarters did. I was working for a Fortune 500 company at the time. And so definitely 9-11 uh, took a big impact on uh, the support that was available in our countries. And uh, whatever happened, obviously, to, to our headquarters there um, affected us. Um, in Asia, we had a SARS outbreak in 2002, which lasted quite a while. I was serving the hospitality industry at the time, so you can imagine my clients went from 90% occupancy to 0% occupancy basically overnight. Um, that wasn't fun, but what happened actually was we, we became, we, we, we managed to survive because we were selling higher profits, higher profit services, uh, because we got creative. I mean, we, we thought, well, what did people need? sanitizing okay well instead of uh, pest control which is the or you know the the things i was doing back then uh, let's do a bacteria control and we started fogging classrooms nurseries um, uh, buildings uh, with disinfectants and uh, we started selling really high margin products which was not really introduced at the time like air disinfectants um, alcohol sanitizers um, which wasn't very much to make, but it created a lot of margin. So uh, actually, we we suffered, obviously, but we found creative ways to, to get through it. And it was quite fun trying to be creative in business at the time. Um, had Bali bombing. Again, a lot of my, my customers was in Bali. As you know, Bali is a big tourist hub spot. So when Bali um, sneezes, the rest of us gets a cold, basically. And um, the Bali bombing in 2002 was targeted as an expat club um, called the Sari Club. And because of that, a lot of, uh, obviously, foreign tourism stopped because the country was, uh, the, the island was deemed unsafe to foreigners. So that killed a lot of the business. 2005, it hit another uh, tourist place, a beach bar, a beach restaurant, an open restaurant in Jimbaran, which is not very good because that's actually a very good place to bring tourists. And that, un unfortunately, that happened. Uh, then in the bombs moved to Jakarta uh, in 2003 and 2009. The same hotel was bombed twice, actually. Um, it is a, it's a lovely hotel, but uh, and, I, and I was taught the I was taught leadership at that point because one of my technicians was in the hotel five minutes before it was bombed. Um, so we heard the bomb explode in our office, and we thought, okay, who's servicing that? We looked at our schedule. This guy was, and we quickly. Um, at that time, tried to reach him. And thankfully, he did arrive back to the office safely. And he said he was just a couple of minutes out of the hotel when he also heard the explosion. So that was, that was um, a lesson that people was more important than profits. And that was a lesson. So as you can see, a lot of these uncertain times, the chaos actually helped me become uh, the person I am today. Um, if only you learn, you can take the blessings and the lessons out of these um, times of uncertainty. Um, you'll, you'll find that, and I'm sure all of you already know, that there's a lot of lessons to be, to be learned. Tsunami in 2004, it did happen in, in north of Sumatra and Jakarta, but this is a, a picture of Phuket. The reason why I said Phuket, even though it's not part of uh, my country at the time, it was a big part, it, it played a big part in our budgets because when Thailand couldn't reach their budget, guess where the numbers came to? Numbers came to Indonesia. 
uh, we were under a lot of pressure to meet our budgets because uh, just to cover our Thai counterparts. So tsunami in 2004, again, put a lot of pressure on the business. We did what we can. I mean, it's all about being more process oriented rather than outcome oriented. There's really nothing you can do to undo a tsunami, right? I mean, it's done. It's just the, the mental strength that lesson at the time was just focus on what you can control. Um, 2019, just very recently, Indonesia tends to go on this 20-year cycle of things go wrong, history repeats itself every 20 years. Um, and this time it was the presidential re-election of Jokowi, which uh, some fundamentalists did not agree with. And they tried to create another riot, which uh, succeeded for a couple of days. But then I think modern times we've learned uh, that this is not the way to go. This is not the way to communicate. And thankfully, it was it was not as bad in, as 98. But we still have really bad urban planning in Jakarta. And in early this year, um, even in my own companies, our events needed to be closed down um, simply because uh, there were just flooding in the central business district. So this is the stuff that I've I've had to live through and do business in. And I'm not here to 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 make you feel sorry for me or anything, but just kind of like a little sharing about what I've gone through so that um, we can relate better to each other. Despite all that, uh, I've won various uh, awards myself and also with the team, which is an amazing team behind me, um, or actually in front of me probably, <laughs> we've, we've, we've achieved many things despite uh, all the challenges um, in, in our business. So these are some of the awards that we've enjoyed together as a team. Um, when I was working for a Fortune 500 company and when I started my own business in uh, 2007 all the way until now. So I think the lesson is that we don't, we're not here, this webinar is not just here to help you survive through this, it is to help you thrive. So let's dig in a little bit. What was the learning that I, I got out of these um, times? Number one is that many situations in life are beyond my control. Okay, many situations in life are are beyond even my comprehensions, like why is this happening? You know, but I can choose my response. I may not be able to choose what situation happened, but I can choose the response. The second thing is nothing is permanent. I learned this from listening to a Buddhist uh, podcast. You know, um, my spiritual base is everything. <laughs> and um, I get a lot of wisdom from just listening to different kinds of, of spiritualities. To me, nothing, I learned that nothing is permanent, you know, and as much as this seems really bad, this too will pass. So, so that's, that's what I've learned through all these things. And uh, again, I'm not here to impress you, but to impress upon you that this too will also pass. And the cool thing about what you're doing to this morning is really investing in your personal growth and using this time wisely instead of just moaning and complaining about things that you can't control. So my objective is to help you enhance your mental strength and resilience through this webinar. And you'll find that in the weeks ahead, every week I've committed to a weekly brave webinar session, different topics. Next time we'll talk about how to crisis proof a business. So a little bit of a mix between psychology and business, but mainly about business strategies. And then we'll come back to psychology topics. So I want to help you look at things from a holistic approach, different angles, develop your business intuition, because it's very important, I think, for you to sharpen your intuition and use this time to understand yourself 
and also understand how better to do your business when all this is over. Some of us will get back stronger than ever. Some of us will just be the same because they didn't invest their time wisely. You are investing your time wisely, and I appreciate that. So my promise to you is I will be an educator, not your motivator. It's not just about a rah-rah session. It's actually about reflecting on some tough questions, getting strategies that you can use immediately, and how to take the next step. So happy that uh, my past webinar participants have been able to speak with um, many of them personally because they have taken that next step to really understand and they've booked a discovery call with me absolutely free just to just to hash things out, you know, and this is one of the things I think we can do for each other in the business community. It's not just about getting clients and getting money. And I understand for some people that's really important, uh, but it's also first about building trust and making deeper connections and really hashing things through just with someone just to talk things through. Um, what I've, what people have said about me is that I'm concise, I'm honest, I have a lot of knowledge about a lot of things. And, um, and I'll tell you a lot of the difficulties that I've gone through, you know, so I, I won't be the person in a pedestal saying, Oh, look at me, I'm perfect. Actually, I'm quite blessed having an imperfect life. Uh, um, there's a lot of personal challenges that I've gone through as well, that's made me stronger and more resilient. And I'll, I'll open up to you and have you open up to me because I think that's how that's how we learn from each other. So what we'll cover today is uh, let's talk a little bit about signs of stress. Um, I don't know why you've decided to come to this webinar, but some of you might have experienced some stress working from home. Uh, I certainly have. And uh, but it's been nice. Um, you know, just because you know this stuff, it doesn't mean you don't get stressed out anymore. It doesn't mean like, oh, I'm hosting this webinar. That means I'm so emotionally stable. No, you know, I, I go through ups and downs myself, but it's been nice because I've used a lot of the things from this, from my learnings to kind of, um, recognize when I'm stressed and warn the people around me, look, I'm, I'm going to be a bit stressed over the last couple of days because I feel that this is, this is what I'm feeling, you know, and then they get a heads up. Um, they, then they can also be more supportive in the way I need them to be more supportive. So it's a lot of communication, and personal awareness. We'll talk about some patterns of thinking that get you stuck and then how to unstuck you. And then we'll talk about some daily rituals that you can do to maintain your, your mental strength. So let's a little, talk a little bit about the signs of stress. And we'll talk about it from four different angles, you know. Uh, first, let's talk about the emotional signs of stress. You know, uh, when you start avoiding people, you know, you, you start keeping to yourself. And this is different from being an introvert, you know. I mean, introversion is great. Introversion is fine. But it's uh, avoiding people. It's feeling like you don't want to be around them. You might be a little bit stressed. When you feel like you're losing control or you become a control freak, you might be a bit stressful. You know, when you're like, oh, I've got to, you know, I've got to do things a certain way and everybody's got to follow that way. That's a, a big tick. And as I'm going through this list, you know, there's going to be a few slides about signs of stress. I want you to start noting down like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's me. Or, or maybe it's not you. Maybe it's the people you're living with who are feeling stressed. Maybe you're attending this webinar to help yourself understand other people who are around you and just, just make a mental note about some of these things that you're seeing. 
having difficulty relaxing, sleeping, you know, having difficulty with all these kinds of things, always feeling like you've got to do something. Um, that was a sign of stress I experienced because I was a very high powered entrepreneur, speaker, coach, um, kind of this public figure in Indonesia, but I made a personal decision to come to the UK for uh, a different lifestyle and to be with my life partner. And I, and honestly, I had to take, it, it, life was so intense back then. And it was intense in a fun way. From 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., I know that you're thinking, oh my God, she's totally imbalanced. Yes, I was. But I was, at the same time, I was having fun and I was feeling purposeful. But because I felt that now my life needed to be different, I was, you know, I was 45 at the time and I decided, you know, I don't want to keep living like this. I also want another side of life that I've, I've never had. And um, I moved here and it was quite stressful the first three months. And I had difficulty relaxing, quieting my mind and enjoying Bath, for God's sakes. A lot of people would, would, would pay lots of money to live here, you know, and um, I couldn't enjoy it because I was so emotionally you know, empty and stressed. And I realized that I had to really, really make that conscious effort to relax, if that makes sense. I've got to try to relax. You know? And that was exactly, so absolutely, I, I totally agree with this emotional sign of stress. Feeling bad about yourself, lonely, worthless, depressed, you know, that's a big sign of stress. Easily frustrated, easily agitated you know, um, moody, that's a big sign of stress. So how does that affect your physical self? Okay. So typically you can have an upset stomach. You can have, you can get sick very easily. And this is why I'm, I'm going through this, um, stress webinar simply because if we're going to try to keep our immune system high and healthy, because we don't want to get the virus, stress doesn't really help you know, because it gives you more, uh, vulnerability towards colds and infections aches, pains, tense, tense, tension in your muscles, you have low energy, you know, here's a good sign of stress. When you can't be bothered to get out of, uh, get out from your CT or sofa, okay, definitely you, you need to do something. You need to be able to kind of like pull yourself up because this is really a sign of low energy and stress. Headaches, yeah, it'll, you'll get some headaches. Chest pain, I mean, depends also how, how, how healthy your heart is, but sometimes it, 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 um, it affects the cardio system. Um, nervousness, you know, you're edgy, you know, you got sweaty hands, can't sleep, you're grinding your teeth, you're tense, um, you're, you're, you've got dry mouth, I mean, hopefully not because of coronavirus, but yes, you, you could have that same symptom. And you don't want to have sex. I mean, isn't that terrible? I mean, that's just not where you want to be, you know? So that's the physical signs of stress. Um, you know, the cognitive signs of stress. What are you thinking? You know, how do you know? How do you know that you're stressed? If you worry so much, you forget things, you know? Um, I remember, <laughs> I remember, I wasn't even that old. I was like in my, my early 40s. I remember having my whole office in, in Indonesia look for my handphone because I was so panicked because I, I couldn't find it. Ended up it was in my bag. You know, it was just, it happened twice. And then it was my car keys. And then I couldn't find my car in the darn car park. And, and it was just, it wasn't me. You know, it wasn't me at all. But I was definitely stressed. Inability to focus, 
you know, poor judgment of things, um, being pessimistic. You can only see the problem. You can't be a solutions-oriented person. That's also sometimes because of stress. You know, if you see someone who's like, oh, my God, you're so negative, you're so pessimistic, before you try to change them, before you say, oh, you should try to see the bright side of life and here's some of your rose-colored glasses, go put them on, try to understand what they're going through. And sometimes that whole pessimism you can, if you start getting good at reading people, you start to see behind all that is a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress, a lot of worry that they're putting on. So it's not that they don't want to change. It's not that they're bad. It's because before you, before you try to change people, you've got to kind of empathize a little bit about what is going through their head, what could be wrong. And sometimes the best way to change people is to accept them, you know, and once they feel that they're safe, then, you know, it, I trust people want to be better anyway by themselves. And once they feel, once you make them safe, instead of trying to change them, once do you express to them, you love them anyway, uh, you'll be amazed how much, how much you don't have to change them before they change themselves, you know, and that's just very, very important. Racing thoughts, like not being able to, to, to keep calm. And I think that's, that's a good way of stress. And I hope when you're going through this list with me, I hope you understand that what I'm challenging you to do in the next week, you know, is really to journal your thoughts, your physical reactions, your feelings. Imagine, I've given you this list. Imagine if you've actually been, a, if you can actually journal it, like, oh, today I feel a bit worrying, or maybe just print this, you know, type this up and print this out and then carry like, Carry it with you. And every time you feel it, you just say, okay, one. Yeah, feel worry once a day. Yep. And then uh, the next time you feel worry in the afternoon, okay, tick again. Just, you know, mental health, I think, starts with self-awareness and mindfulness, living mindfully. And having this kind of list with you uh, could help for you to kind of journal your thoughts, see what's going on. So how does this stress translate in terms of behavior? When you're, when you're procrastinating things, putting things off, avoiding responsibilities, you know, I remember a sign of stress for me was, was not wanting to get to work, not wanting to wake up and get in, in, out of bed and go to work. I remember a few years ago, I felt that way and I realized I was doing something I really hated. And um, because of that, I was stressed. And because of that, I was procrastinating really important tasks and avoiding my responsibilities, avoiding even showing up for work. That's a clear sign of stress. Changing an appetite. Thankfully, I don't really have a problem with that. I, uh, oh wait, it says eating too much. Yeah, okay, I have a problem with that. <laughs> but I was just gonna say, I don't have a problem with not eating. I just eat. I mean, my go-to for stress is chocolate. <laughs> and then, um, you know, it's, you know, biting nails. Or you'll see, you'll see, like my nails get really ugly when I'm stressed. Uh, to the point, sometimes, you know, I hurt myself by by biting them too much, and that was me many, many years ago. And thankfully, I, I'm so proud every time I look at my nails and they're growing, and I've got you know all these kinds of things simply because I know in the past that's what I did. I bit them, you know. I, so it these are some of the signs of stress. I. Yeah, got it. I used a lot of alcohol back then in uh, the early in the early days of my career when I couldn't handle um, the stress. I had my work and I had a personal relationship that wasn't working. So that was personal stress, professional stress. I remember stayed up a lot. Um, I stayed up a lot. I drank a lot. 
um, a regular drunk driver at that time as well. I was very good at drink, driving and drinking at the same time. Not a proud moment in the history of my life, but I have to say that was due to a lot of stress. And at that very time, I was applying for, I remember, an American passport, and I had to take my, my passport photo. And I was 31 at the time. I'm 46, I'm 45, 46 now. Um, I remember looking at that photo again when I was 40, my 40th birthday, and I was reflecting on my life. And then I realized that I looked better at 40 than I did at 31. You know, I wasn't, I was not in a good shape back then. So, um, but a lot of that was also because of the amount of alcohol I used to drink. So what's important for us to understand is that uh, this is, the cycle, the cycle of our stress, the cycle of our thoughts, you know, our beliefs, whatever it is, you know, create some kind of thought. Our thoughts create some kind of emotions. Our emotions lead us to exhibit some behaviors. And because of those behaviors, we get a certain result that ultimately feeds back to our belief system. It's like this cycle, right? So what's important for us right now, and this is what I want to continue with, is what are the five patterns of thinking or believing that can stop this cycle or improve the cycle at the beginning, you know, um, because uh, if we can be more masterful about how we think and how we believe about our lives, ourselves, our situation, we can really create new emotions. We can start mastering the emotions. We choose how we feel. And when our behaviors is based on healthier emotions, you will get healthier, positive, productive results. And because of your productivity and because of your good results, and, and it could be good progress towards improving your business or your life or family, whatever it is, because of that, you feel better about things and you believe more positively as well. And then the next cycle, positive beliefs, positive leads to positive thoughts. Positive thoughts leads to positive emotions. Positive emotion leads to positive behaviors and positive behaviors generate more positive results. And even if the results are not positive, it's more likely because of things you cannot control. And your belief system is these are things I cannot control and I'm okay with that. Okay, and I'm just going to focus on what I can control. So that's why the rest of this webinar is more about improving your beliefs and thoughts so that the rest of these can follow in a more healthier way, if that makes sense. Okay, so let's get into it. You know, what are the five patterns of thinking that get you stuck in a mental rut and how to unstuck yourself? Well, I believe in over-delivering. You signed up for five, I'll give you six. Just because as, I'm, as I was thinking about this, I came up with another one and it'd be too good not to give it away. Number one, here's a pattern of thinking that, in my experience, gets you in a rut. It's when you define yourself by your business status, your income, your title. In a couple of weeks' time, you'll see a webinar called The Power of Enough. This is a, this is a very powerful webinar, and I hope you sign up for it. And a lot of people have commented very positively when I talk about this because it's, uh, it's something that many people, especially if you come from corporate, especially if you've got a lot of expectations or you're used to living with expectations and achievements and titles, and especially if you've been famous before, you know, and maybe life has taken a turn. This is something that, that is really important. When your business is bad and you define yourself by your business, your income, your title, then that means you are bad. 
And that's just a mental pattern that gets you in a rut. So how do we get over this? How do we unstuck ourselves? It's the belief that my business is not me. You know, I'm more than just an entrepreneur. And, you know, I come from a family that focuses a lot on achievements, making money. And my parents was also a very important person in the community. I defined myself um, by a a sort of achievement. When I was in school, it was school achievement. When I'm in business, it's a business achievement. You know, thankfully, because of that, uh, winning awards wasn't difficult for me. Achieving stuff in business wasn't difficult for me. But over time, I became my business. I became my title. I became this, this amazing achiever, but nothing else. And I didn't have a balanced family. I, didn't, I still don't have children. I, 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 you know, I just, that's it. That's it. That's the one side of me and the only side of me. And now, I mean, partly why I moved to the UK was to experience the other side. You know, late is better than never. But it is also through the realization that I am much more than just a businesswoman. I am, I am much more than that. And honestly, the best things in life are not that expensive. And I don't need to be this, this amazing, I don't need to own two yachts and a helicopter to be happy. You know what I mean? And, and, and even now, a lot of people are worried. Uh, and, and I'm not saying money is not important, but a lot of people feel that they define themselves by their income. I'm better than you if I earn more than you. And, you know, this is something that I think is going to create mental stress. And it, and it has already for some people. And then once you earn more, you have to get even more. You, you buy one property, now you have to have five, you know. And this was, and maybe this is an Asian thing, you know, but I definitely feel that there's got to be that enough point. And uh, there's got to be an awareness that you are, you are multifaceted. You're not just a, an entrepreneur. Your fear zone in this particular, the first pattern, um, there's always something that the fear says, and this is something that a brave says, okay? The, your fear is saying to you, if I lose my income, my business, my, and my success, I won't be good enough. All this, this attachment to your business, your income, your, your status, what people say about you, your awards, is coming from the fear of not being good enough. This is our, our little lifeline, isn't it? I've got to have a great business. I've got to have a lifeline of income. I've got, to have a, I've got to have this recognition from people. If not, I won't be loved. This is coming out of fear. You've got to be aware of that. But what does Brave Zone look like? You know, I call my, my business the Brave Zone. And here's something I want you to understand. I don't mean brave as in brave heart, you know, like go out there with a sword and spear and kill everybody off. That's not what I mean. I mean a, a less obvious type of brave, that, that, that bravery to accept yourself just the way you are, to accept that happiness comes from simple things, to accept that there are seasons in life. There's times in life, there's a season for being a great business person, but also there's a season from, uh, for other things in life. Like for me, this coronavirus thing, it's, it's a season in my life. And it's a season that says to me, this is a time for you to, to learn to accept that, you know, you're in a lockdown and you learn to be creative. This is a season for you not to focus on only results and define yourself by it, but the process of, of living and enjoying life, you know, and, and accepting things just the way you, it is, you know, it's a season, it's a lesson. The second pattern, 
the pattern of thinking and wanting certainty about this future, what will happen? How long will this last? And to overcome that second pattern, and it's, it's, if you think about it, this is like a silly question, right? Like, who knows? I, I hear the radio, I, I listen to TV, and I hear some politicians saying, this is going to end in May. Really? Like, how, how do you know that? You know, what will happen? How long will this last is not even a relevant question, but it's a mental pattern, it's a thinking pattern because we need certainty because we want to know the future, because we think we can just ask these questions and a crystal ball will just fall out of the sky into our hands and tell us the answer. It's not gonna happen, right? So how do you do this? How do you get over this? The way I get over it is instead of asking these questions, I ask, what's the gift in this? As I said, this is a gift of acceptance. This is a gift of connection perhaps with your family because you're stuck in a house with them for gosh knows how long. You know, this is a gift of breathing deeper when you walk, that one walk a day, you know, breathing deeper, enjoying that tree you passed by 20 times previously and you've never really noticed, right? What's the lesson here? The lesson is creativity. The lesson is connection. The lesson is being more resilient, okay? So these are, to me, better questions than what will happen, how long is this going to last? But what's causing that uh, that that negative mental pattern, the fear zone. The fear zone says, I need to worry about the future. I need certainty. The brave zone says, I will live in the present and I will see how I can grow from this. Okay. Uh, one of the things I discovered about a lot of, I meditate. I don't really know why I meditate. I just feel calm about it. And so when I meditated and some people ask me, well, what's meditation? What is it for? Um, couldn't really answer that because for me, I just did it because I liked it and it served me. Um, but then I started thinking, well, maybe I should know how to answer these questions because um, I certainly want more people to meditate. So I took a, I listened to this class, you know, on, on an audio, how to meditate. And the first lesson was, was brilliant. It said meditation is about acceptance. You know, it's about being in the present sensing the present and also accepting that yes your foot's going to itch your mind's not perfect doesn't stay still uh you got a monkey mind jumping all over the place but you accept it you accept that your meditation session is not perfect and you learn to accept it and the more you learn to accept it and be still in the present um actually that's how meditation benefits you and then the when you start relating to life relate and the people in it you learn to also accept accept them. And remember, acceptance doesn't mean you drop all your ambitions. It just means that you don't fight things that can't be fought. You know, you, you, instead you learn to see, um, the, the growth in that for you. Okay. So let's get on to the third one. The third one is this blame thing, you know, the, the pattern of blame. Um, the government's not helping enough. People are not staying at home. They're having picnics in the park. They don't care. My clients, they stop buying for me. Okay, um, that's a pattern of thinking of focusing on things you cannot control and then finding blame in it. So how can we switch this? I propose you start asking, what can I control about this? Okay, um, how can I keep focusing on things that I can control? If you want to be healthy, well, you stay at home. Don't, you know, yeah, of course you, you try to, to, you know, you worry that people are not staying at home, then you stay at home. And perhaps you, you do something in your neighborhood to make sure people are staying at home. You encourage people. If they don't listen to you, they, it's not within your control, okay? Um, 
your clients not stop buying from you instead of being stressed about it and blaming them, maybe understand what they're going through and maybe take the lesson in it and maybe being creative about how can they buy in a way that they can afford at this point, maybe a payment plan, maybe a, maybe an, a special offer, uh, maybe using this time not to sell, but to build relationships. Maybe it's also a lesson that all the, the years that you've been serving them, you've been treating them like a number and that's probably why they're not supporting you right now. You know, things like that, you know, things that you can control. The fear zone uh, is saying when you are stuck in blame, the fear zone is saying that I will find blame in others so that I don't have to change. It's easy, isn't it? You just like point that finger, you know, and you think that one finger is pointing at other people when you don't realize that there's three fingers pointing back at you. But basically, you will find blame and you will get stuck in a blame culture if you fear change. Because you know that ultimately, if you get out of the blame culture, there's nobody else that needs to change except you. It's never about other people. It's about how you react to them. It's also about how you choose to change to adjust yourself to something. So your brave zone is actually trying to tell you if it is up to you, if it, if it is to be, it is up to you, right? It's your choice to, to change or not change. Here's another pattern of thinking, which, which seems positive, isn't it? But why is it so bad during this time? I'm a results-orientated person. Uh, I used to be, um, definitely, um, in many ways. Um, it's, I'm an achiever. I like achieving. I've got ambitions. I've got dreams. But being a results-orientated person when there's so much results that you cannot control at this point is kind of unhealthy, in my opinion. I propose you become a process-orientated person. Um, and simply because I think this is the controllable factor during these times. Your fear zone says success is a destination. I'm successful only if I get good results. If I don't, I'm afraid I will not be good enough and I will not be loved. Hey, that sounds familiar. These are, by the way, not being good enough and not being loved are pretty much the two most fundamental um, fears that human beings have. Yeah, I won't be good enough and I will not be loved. Okay, for to get rid of this, to avoid this, to to stop this fear, we will do anything. Okay, so okay, so when you are results orientated, you are seeing success as a destination. Whereas if you are in the brave and you are um, more process oriented, orientated, um, you see success as a journey. You know, I am successful when I make the effort to be the best I can. Okay, I am making the effort to get more revenue because I am creative in the product line. I am making that flexibility in the payment. I am connecting with people I haven't connected before. Results will come when I pay attention to the process. I mean, it makes sense. You know, what's the point of, uh, what's the point of focusing on results at this point? Focus on the process. And this is why many of you have decided to attend this webinar because, hey, I'm going to Focus this time on correcting the process. What, what can this webinar teach me? Great. The first process, in my opinion, is your mental process, your psychological process, the business mental game process, you know? Because if you don't got that straight, your behavior is not going to be, you know, effective, as effective. So, you know, the results come when I focus on being the best me and project the best me and therefore, I'm creating, I'm probably going to be doing the best behavior I can do in this time. And results will come if I do the right thing. 
right? So why stress? So, and it's also coming from the bravery to accept that I'm already good enough. And if people are out there saying you're not good enough because you don't show this result and that result, honestly, the question for you is, do you really want those people in your environment, in your circle? And sometimes this is also quite a good time to kind of filter out people and deselect your friends and deselect your network. You want, if you want good mental strength, you need to be surrounded with people who are supportive, who are like-minded. Okay. And this might be a good time for you to see those people in your environment that you need to limit your time with. And if they are family members, you can't eliminate them, but you can limit your time or at least you can block your ears <laughs> in a very discreet way when you are around them. Number five, the question of how can my business grow? Yeah, you can switch an industry to become like a, a, a food delivery. I mean, that will make your business grow. But if for, for some of you who cannot switch or who are reflecting this, again, it's a nonsensical question. It's one of those things that like, well, um, there's always innovation and stuff that you can do, but if that's out of your scope, then maybe we shouldn't be thinking about how my business can grow. Maybe we should be thinking about how can I grow with the assumption that when you're, when you grow, your business grows, your fear zone is saying, I need to worry about my business and I'm frustrated that I cannot do anything about it. But your brave zone is saying your business grows when you grow. So let's focus on your personal growth, both, both psychologically and sharpening your business strategies. That's why next week we're going to talk about the 10 things that you can do to crisis-proof your business. Maybe, maybe not all 10 of it you can do. Maybe only three of it, two of it, one of it you can take away. But that's how you're going to get your personal growth next week. Okay, so your business grows when you grow. So focus on your personal growth to make your business stronger. Number six. Again, this is my bonus, right? That's my over-delivery. Um, I will always have to keep improving. I always have to keep improving. There's, I, I have to be a better person every single day. It sounds like a great belief, doesn't it? And it sounds like uh, I'm contradicting myself when I show you how, how the, the brave should be thinking. In as much that I believe that, you know, success is a journey, and yes, we want to be the better version of ourselves. But there's also that sense of we also have to be good at accepting ourselves the way we are, that I'm fine just the way I am. When I work with clients, you know, my job is to tell them, my job is always to make them realize that they are enough just the way they are. And it's amazing what that does to confidence. It's, it's so much more effective than trying to coach people to improve themselves. You know, it's just to show them that you're fine just the way you are. Okay, you want this result? I'll show you how you can use you as you are now to get that result. Your way, your style. Don't look at my style. Don't look at other people's style. And as much as we can learn from gurus and role models and they inspire us and we can always strive to be more, but at the same time, you know, we also need to accept how we are and that we are enough. You know, to me, there's a difference between being satisfied and being grateful. Being satisfied could be perceived as someone with no more ambition. I don't want to do anything more. I don't want to be anything more. I'm just going to be here. And, and if that's your thing, that's your thing, right? But 
for me, I'm, I'm not yet satisfied, you know, with my self-actualization goals, with how much I want to impact and I, uh, I want to leave a legacy and everything like that. I'm not satisfied, but I am grateful. The problem is when you are neither satisfied nor grateful, then you get stressed. You know, I am grateful. I am fine just the way I am. I'm grateful for the life I've led, even though it's not perfect or anything like that. I'm grateful that all the blessings and lessons I've learned from it. And I am still looking to have that ambition. I have a healthy ambition, but unhealthy ambition and stressful ambitions come from I'm not enough. I've got to keep improving. What I have is not enough. So you're not even grateful. So make that distinction. What are you grateful for? What are you not yet satisfied with? That's fine. Not being satisfied is fine. But always try to also be grateful. Okay? And, and as your gratitude builds up, you'll realize it's easier and easier for you to be satisfied with the little progress that you're making as you're achieving your big goal. Okay? And I think that's important, you know, uh, keeping your mental health uh, while you're trying to climb a mountain is very, very important. Your fear zone says, I've got to keep improving. I've got to be self-critical in order to grow. You know, your fear, your brave zone says, I choose to love and be kind to myself. Okay. That takes a lot of courage to say that I'm fine just the way I am. Okay. And I don't say that. I don't encourage you to say that with arrogance. I am fine just the way I am. I cannot change. But I find, I find that you say that with self-love. You know, I love myself. One of my intentions, and I'll share with you my daily rituals later, but you'll see one of my intentions is something to do with self-love. And I think that's been very powerful for me, uh, especially coming from um, a background where I have not been uh, confident as I, I grew up as a child. There's certain instances that happened in my childhood that's left me confused. Um, but in, confidence is, is an important part of life for me. And, uh, I've recently, just recently discovered that self-love and being kind to yourself is, is the thing that really gets that confidence up. So as you can see, we've been playing between fear zone and brave zone, you know, to create better mental health habits. It's also about realizing when am I living in the fear zone and when do I want to start living and how can I start living in the brave zone? And I've given you some tips. I've given you some questions and I hope you really implement it. So let's move on to the daily mental rituals for you. We've got 10 minutes left. So we've got to kind of buzz through this. I hope you're having fun so far. I certainly am. Um, I look forward to your, um, if you could do me a favor, I've been wondering how effective these um, webinars have been. I know a lot of people follow them, um, but sometimes because I don't see you or talk to you in person, some of you talk to me, some of you don't. I'd really appreciate it if, if you could uh, be friends with me on LinkedIn. And if you like what you've been hearing, pass me a recommendation. Just recommend that, you know, uh, add that to my little collection. Um, yes, it boosts up my profile, but at the same time, what's more important is I'd like to get some feedback. I'd like to get some, some encouragement as well to see how, how is this adding value to you? Um, is this helping? So it's really important. I appreciate if you do that. If you're not comfortable doing that, just email me or direct message me. And I would, I would greatly appreciate that. Of course, it also boosts my energy to do this more and more often. So let's talk about daily mental rituals for business owners, especially business owners. I find it very important 
to maintain a ritual simply because especially when you're working from home, it feels like you don't even have to dress up. You can roll out of bed with curlers in your head or not shave or whatever it is and just kind of roll into work. And what happens over when you do that is you don't have the structure and you get, you get a bit swayed. Okay. And then, and then you're not achieving what you want and then you get stress and, 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 and. So some rituals are very important. Here's something that I would suggest only because this is what I do. Um, I try in the morning not to be, you know, looking at videos in my WhatsApp or, you know, gadgeting, not checking any emails. My, my handphone is basically on airplane mode all night long. I like it that way. No gadgeting. And then I, I'm still in bed, so I breathe deeply. And some of you might want meditation. It doesn't matter what you do, but breathing is, is important because you, your body has maybe been in a certain position for too long at night. And what you're doing is you're opening up your body, you're opening up your lungs, and the flow of oxygen actually makes invigorates you. Okay, so breathing deeply for a couple of, you know, a couple of minutes, one or two minutes, that's it. And then you just go on your way, go to the restroom and do what, whatever you need to do. Um, setting your intention. So I have a little journal that I use and it's not just setting my to-do list for the day, but it's setting my intention. So usually it's around, you know, being kind, adding value, loving, you know, things like that. What do I, what do I intend? Whether or not I do it, you know, that's different. But I want to start with an intention because sometimes the, the distance between, a, you know, the intention and actually doing it it can be quite far, especially if I'm in the midst of trying to develop myself, trying to be more self-aware. Sometimes I do things reactively because I haven't mastered a certain part of myself, but I want to master at least my intention. I want to be kind. Okay, let's say one, I snap, you know, and I, and I snap at someone, I'm a you know, bitch at someone for that day. But somehow when I take the time to set that intention, I have, a less, I have less likelihood to be like that be snappy because I've already set my intention. So I want to start having you live intentionally. And that starts with setting an, an intention every day in the morning. If you snap or if you get angry or you, you have a behavior that is not in line with your intention, don't worry about it. You know, do it again tomorrow. I mean, it's just be forgiving. But what you'll find over time, once you start with an intention, it, everything tends to go along with your intention more and more each day. Then set your to-do. What are your top three to-dos? And don't go into 17, 19 things to do. It's just not going to happen. Just three. Three is good. Five, maybe. Then set your personal affirmation. Um, I, am a, I am living a grateful life. I, I, am a, I, am a, I am a great creator. I am an added value to society. Whatever your personal I ams are. During the day, this is what I recommend. Smile, you know, try to carry a smile. And it's sometimes, you know, you're on your gadget and you're doing this all the time. Try to consciously eat, smile, okay? It, it increases your face value, huh, okay? But that's smiling. Exercise or move at least, you know, we are allowed to go out once a day, at least for now. And I do my yoga session with my little app um, at, in, the, in the evenings uh, after a certain time of work. Eat healthy. You know, you're not moving as much. Don't eat as much. 
Um, you're not moving as much, limit the sugar, limit the caffeine, eat more fresh stuff. You know, the, the supermarket is still well stocked. Don't just go to the, the long lasting product section, the tin sections, go to the fresh vegetables, fresh fruits and meat and everything like that. Eat healthy while you still can. So pay attention to your posture. You know, um, it's kind of hard. Not everybody uh, can, can have a, a desk or a, a study to work from, but I think it is possible. Drink lots of water. Again, uh, water is just, I love water. I think water is fantastic, you know, more than squash or more than soda, more than milk. I, I treat myself a couple of uh, drinks of, of sweet stuff or one co coffee, but at the same time, when I drink that water, it, it feels different and I know I like water. So drink lots of water. It also invigorates you. Connect with people. WhatsApp is still available. You're in a country where broadband is, is fantastic. Video calls are available. Doing this is available. So connect with people, very important. At night, what do I do? I review my feelings. How have I felt today? I review my progress. Oh, I, I got this done. Like I'm in the process of right now creating a digital course. So, oh, today I even, oh, I, I listened to a podcast about how to do that. That's progress. You know, you appreciate progress and make a gratitude list. It doesn't have to be 20 things you're grateful about. Do three, you know, I mean, different things every day. And it doesn't mean it has to be big things. It could be, I, I'm glad I had a lovely conversation with X today. It's just really just simple things. I'm glad the air was fresh when I was walking out the dog today. And, you know, it's, it's just simple things. I'll share with you some of my favorite intentions. And this is something, if you see my journal, I get, it does get repeated again and again because I like it so much. It's all about loving myself, being kind, radiating positivity and positive energy and adding value to others. These are my top four <laughs> intentions that really lights me up. And it really helps me do what I do. A lot of people say, oh, my God, Sin, you are creating webinars every week, different topics. It's not even just like one of those selling webinars that I'll talk about my product for 45 minutes. No, no, it's not about that. How do you do that? Well, it's because I set the intention to add value to others. I take time out of my day and my weekends and everything to learn new stuff and then to share it to others. I reflect on what I've learned over the course of my 45 years of life and see how that can add value to the people I know. That intention of being an added value person is, is really helping me to create this stuff. It starts with intention, okay? Um, ladies, special note to ladies, please pay attention to your calendar and be extra kind to yourself on your special days. Men, I don't know if you have those special days like we do, but we do, okay? And I know past 40, some of us get a little bit more hormonal than others. Be more forgiving to ourselves. Be more forgiving to each other when you see that. But I think, ladies, I'm going to especially, you know, men, this is probably, you can jump in um, on this conversation. It's a very secretive conversation usually, but you're invited just this once. Um, yeah, it changes. Yeah, we'll, we'll have this one or two days when we're completely bitchy and moody and depressed. That's not signs of, you know, that's not a sign that you're depressed, that you're not depressed. You're just experiencing that calendar day. Okay, so make note of that. There's lots of apps or you can even do it manually. Be extra kind. You know, I, let's say I just said, oh, eat nutritionally, exercise. If you don't feel like doing that, that special day, just don't do it. Eat lots of chocolates. I don't care, right? Just be nice to yourself. Forgive yourself, okay? Don't be like, try to be a superwoman all the time. Just a note to ladies, let's move on. Get stuff done. 
get stuff done means some of you can, can work on marketing strategy. And I've been working with amazing people over the course of these few weeks because they have taken the time to create a better profile, create a better business plan. But some of you, let's say you can't do that. You just want to declutter your files. You just want to declutter your wardrobe. You want to do some gardening. Getting stuff done is so satisfying. And it, it helps you feel this win at the end of the day. And I think it's, it's, it's very important. So I've got one minute left. I'm going to try to close this up. We've talked a lot about mental health. We've talked a lot about how you can, um, how you can, uh, you know, be healthier, be mentally stronger. Um, the next action plan that you can do, uh, I'm giving away 30 minute complimentary discovery session. I call that brave discovery. You can email me straight away or just go to my website and then go to book a brave discovery session. And what we'll do is if you want to talk about what you're going through, if you want to ask me some questions, if you want to talk about your business or your psychology, remember I do both, right? Um, I'll want to see, I want to see how I can help. Okay. So uh, 30 minutes is a long time and we do get results. I'm not there just to sell you on to a program or anything. And some of you are ready to go to a program. Some of you are not. And I wouldn't even want to, you know, suggest that to you. So it's really a value added call. Um, no obligations whatsoever afterwards. Book that time with me. It comes free of charge. So don't miss out on that. That's my offer. And that's also um, how I can contribute. So some of you are stressed because you know that your business is not strong enough or resilient enough. You know that you've got to do something and somehow this coronavirus has given you this lesson about your business, but you don't know how to do that. So I do have an offer that yes, it's paid, but it will be worth your money. Basically, it's sharpening your business plan. Sometimes you just have to declutter your head and improve something uh, significant in order for you to be mentally stronger begin and mentally satisfied. So sharpening your business plan is a program where I will review with you your business strategy. You will give me a business plan or a description of your business, your challenges, your goals, where you're getting stuck at least 48 hours before the session. I will make time to review all this in my own time before our session. Okay. Review your business strategies. When we get on the call, we go straight into these things, because because you've emailed me all these things, I'm more prepared and we'll get into it. Um, we'll talk about your blind spots, uh, some of the strategies that's working well, not working well. We'll sharpen a little bit about your uniqueness, your niche, how you can be sharper and better in your business strategies and overcome some psychology, some limiting beliefs as we need to uh, about, about your business and yourself. And then I'll equip you with some action steps and recommendations to move you forward. Of course, you'll be responsible to implement all that by yourself, but this 90-minute session will give you enough to do that. Again, it's very important for you to email that to me 48 hours before the session so I can spend more time, more than 90 minutes, just reviewing it. And then so the session can, can we'll have enough time during 90 minutes, okay? It is a one-time service. I do charge 150 uh, pounds plus that for it. But for the, for the webinar participants, I give it away for 98 pounds. So if you think clarity uh, and sharpening your business plan and, and feeling, you know, like you are progressed and feeling like you're doing something to do uh, to improve your business, if you feel that's worth more than 98 pounds, uh, feel free to contact me after this. Okay. So um, I do have one or two slots 
sometime today and then a couple of slots during the week if you want to do the Brave Discovery session or if you want to do this uh, sharpening business plan session. I'm happy to be of service to you today. Again, if you wouldn't mind just emailing me some comments about this webinar, what value you got out of it, um, and also um, perhaps any feedback that you have for me, I would be most grateful. Um, if, if not, I'll leave you to enjoy your day and I'll see you next week for the 10 ways to crisis proof your business. Thank you.